Chris Milicic joins the program now as we look at the wonder that is FIFA 2018 World Cup. And I say wonder, Chris, because it has been another phenomenal couple of days of action. This thing never stops, does it? No, it doesn't never stop. It's always every game you're watching going, this is not going to script. The big teams are not not coming through. There's an opportunity for, for lesser teams. And, and I often laugh. People are saying, oh, we're in the easy part of the draw. And then I go, if you've rolled Germany or you've rolled Spain, when do you become the easy team? You know. So yeah, this is this is a this is like a gift that keeps giving. So your reaction when you see teams like Argentina, Portugal, with the two best players in the world, Spain, these teams disappearing. Three of the top five teams in the world aren't there anymore. What do you put that down to? Well, the Portugal and the Argentina one didn't surprise me. Uh, Argentina have been a shambles. Um, they've got some really good players, but they've also got some really average players. They look like there was a complete breakdown between them and the coaches, so I get that one. Portugal, look, they yeah, they should have gone through, but at the end of the day, Uruguay are absolute quality, and those two goals are as good as anything you're going to see, and they're quality finishes, and they deserve to win. So that one I go, so I always had Uruguay to go through there. Um, but the one this morning, the Spain-Russia one was... That was a tough one to take. The Germany performance was just limp, but the um, yeah the the one this morning was pretty hard to take. Spain were Spain were good, but then again, when you look at the Spanish team, there are enough players not playing that weaken them significantly. And I think that whilst it was a shock, you play in the host country, they're dogged, their determination's massive. They're probably ten percent more into it than they would normally. And and people seem to forget Russia's actually quite good at this thing. You know, at football, they may never won it, but there's lots of countries that have never won it that are actually quite good at this. I think what stunned me about this, and Jason Pine pointed out in his piece on New Zealand Herald and also on air, that uh, Spain completed 100, 1,000, sorry, 1,006 passes in 120 minutes. The most in a World Cup match, 21 fewer than Russia have managed in the entire tournament. They had all of the ball, but they could do nothing with it when it counted. That's alarming. Well, they didn't do anything with it. I think that, that would be fair to say their insertions into the uh, penalty boxes were seemed to be a little bit hit and miss. And I think this is a byproduct of the fact that if we talked about when the coach uh, was removed really before the tournament, this was the game where they needed a tactical genius to be sitting on the sideline pulling the strings. And unfortunately, when a team wants to play in proper blocks, when they're dropping back and they're fighting, um, you actually there are many ways to break it down, but it needs team cohesiveness and it needs the ability to understand how you're going to break it down. And, you know, and Spain then had to be prepared to whip balls into Costa in the air, turning into a bit of a fight, and it went against their philosophy. So one of the key things here, when you're playing against a team with a low block, and low block means they've got banks playing deep in their own half, you've, got to, you've either got to bypass it, you've got to break it down with quick, intricate movement, or alternatively, you just put a six foot four centre forward there and you keep whipping balls in behind and they've got to attack it and you pick up the second phase. Spain chose not to do that because it's against their philosophy. And unfortunately, they got done on pens and you, Spain should never have let it get to pens um, because, frankly, that's what happens. A bit like Germany, they just think, I'm going to win, I'm going to win, I'm going to win. It's eventually going to come right. Well, it didn't. Oh, it didn't, and they're out. See you later. Bye-bye, Spain. Russia yep. through. Uh, the other match in the morning, Croatia also needed a penalty shootout uh, to beat Denmark. And I was saying that uh, Luka Modric would have been a, a reasonably tense chappy after missing that penalty, what, five or six yep. minutes before the end of full time. It came through in the end. Croatia deserving or not? 
Look, I think this is a game which both teams sort of negated each other. It was it wasn't a good game. Look, from all sorry, it was a good game, but compared to the other ones we've been watching, it certainly wasn't up to that standard. There was a there was a tenseness to it. There was an inability to really sort of play with any fluidity. Um, both teams didn't want to lose. Uh, to be fair, both teams got pretty good goalkeepers, which also keeps the game tight. Um, plus, they kind of matched up perfectly well against each other. They play in the same sort of style and manner, so they matched up. Um, as they often say, you know, uh, teams make up a, a contest, and if you've got two different styles, they can quite often give you a great sort of spectacle. But this morning wasn't great. Um, I think Croatia's got more tools to go deeper into the, co- into the tournament than probably Denmark, but Denmark can feel quite uh, aggrieved, I think, that they didn't do a lot more going forward. They had opportunities, but they, they once again, I, I think at this stage, you've got to be prepared as a team to just go for it because you can go out if you hold anything back. And I think Denmark will be ruined that they didn't really go harder at the Croatians. I mean, they were 1-0 up, they should, and they could have settled down, and suddenly they allowed Croatia to equalise in the fourth minute, which took away any advantage. So the game management wasn't good for either side, and then we just had, like, I don't know, 120 minutes of, well, 116 minutes of, come on, let's try and score a goal here. Chris Millicent joining the program as we're looking back and forward at FIFA 2018 World Cup. Uh, tomorrow morning, 2 in the morning, uh, this is one that I've been told I should actually get up and watch at 2 live. Brazil taking on Mexico. Apparently that's going to be an absolute barn burner, a banger of a match. And after that, uh, Belgium uh, looking toward the Japanese underdogs. Your thoughts on those two fixtures, Chris? Look, uh, uh, the, the, the Brazil-Mexican uh, one, now that is really, really intriguing. Because, uh, of course, Brazil like to maintain possession until they can penetrate. And when they penetrate, they go extremely quickly. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Marcelo plays. My understanding is he's injured. He may not take another part in the tournament. But we all know that quite often these injuries get uh, overemphasized. Um, because he gives them an awful lot of width on that left-hand side and the ability to play in. Um, I think you'll find Mexico will drop a little deeper. And they'll look to counterattack very similar to what they did against Germany. Um, but Brazil have individual flair in certain positions and players prepared to run at opposition defenders that Mexico may not deal. And I think you'll probably find that the Brazilians have got a little bit more height and a little bit more pragmatism. And I know Brazil, they're not scared to launch balls into the box. They're not, they're, they're not scared to do that, even though they're probably one of the greatest footballing side. They also can play direct and quite, uh, quite long if required if they see opportunities. Um, I think it's going to require Neymar to um, basically have to play between the lines. I think if he can just focus on the team goals and stop worrying about what he looks like, then they've got an opportunity, and we'll, we'll see what occurs. Um, the other game, I've got a funny feeling the Japanese will just do what we saw this morning, dull uh, the Belgium play so much that they may get a result. I think Belgium are probably 75 to 80% more likely to win the game um, because they also have the attacking prowess that's as good as anything with Lukaku and uh, De Bruyne and um, Hazard. Uh, They can play between the lines. De Bruyne's passing's unreal. And, of course, Lukaku is a very, very large human being, so they can play longer. He's quite happy to a crash ball. So Belgium could win that one easily, but I have a sneaking suspicion that it wouldn't surprise me if Japan went to pens or even won 1-0. Look at that, eh? Call of the week so far. I won't even bother about Sweden, Switzerland, Colombia, England. That's so far in the future. But from what you've seen, yeah. has anything changed your mind about a potential winner? Have you seen a World Cup victor over the last few days, Chris Milicic, or not? Yeah, look, 
I, I had Germany, but I think the, the lack of their coaching staff to integrate the Confederation Cup winning young side and the older side has hurt them. Look, I've got a sneaky suspicion after I watched the French play Argentina, you're going to have to, it'd be a long way to beat France. I mean, they've got a great goalkeeper, their back four's sharp. That Mamapi, he is, he is lightning quick. Giroud plays, he gives them the centre. They've got midfielders. France have got to be a shoo-in for the, uh, to go through the quarterfinals into the semis. From there, who knows? Um, everybody, every other team sort of left in there, apart from probably Uruguay, but if Cavani's out, they're struggling. Um, they just don't have that quality in individual positions to do what you want. I mean, when you think that the, the French right-back scored a volley like that from outside the box with technique like that, that most strikers would dream of, you're starting to go, right, so they're, they're the complete package. So, and I think they've got greater depth through the team, whereas I think every other team left in, um, whilst they're all quality, they're gonna have, somebody's going to have to get over the French team to win this, and someone's going to have to get over the Uruguay team to win this. So uh, I think the final four, well, all things being equal, Brazil's still in a shot. I mean, you're still saying England, Belgium, uh, Brazil, Uruguay, and France. Winner will come out of one of those five, I think. Well, it's going to be all on for love or money in your house on Saturday morning at 2am when Uruguay take on France in that quarterfinal. It could be something else. And with that, Chris Milicic, we'll let you get back on with your busy day. As always, thanks very much for your time and expertise. Anytime. Thanks, guys.